I was excited that when we had like our first 50k a month, I was like, damn, okay, we're, we're like hot stuff, you know? And then we end up in this agency where people are casually talking about like 300k months and, and, you know, and then you realize like it's all perspective. You know, I, I can care about these vanity metrics or I can just care that, you know, I shared a message that was true and honest and somebody, you know, that one person, like that one person felt a, a little bit of hope. Hello and welcome to the Hustle Over Everything podcast. We're ready. We're ready to pod today. This is the podcast where you receive stories, tips, and strategies from entrepreneurs who've done it to grow your business and take yourself to the next level as a person. Later today on the podcast, we have Veronica Abrams. She's the host of Hero Academy podcast, which ranked number 33 on Apple Podcasts and Entrepreneurship with only three days of its launch. Since then, it's already dominated the top 100, often top 50 charts in nine countries. So Veronica is renowned for not only her expertise, but her passion for teaching others how to build an authentic and aligned personal brand by owning their hero story. She has an interesting course where she talks to people about her journey, creating ads on her podcast and building a platform that generates over 50K a month straight off her courses. So Owen, what's good with you, bro? No drought here, as I always say. But you know, I'm coming live from the Sarnia, the Sarnia, Ontario. Sarn Vegas, as we call it here, bro. Celebrating my sister's mm-hmm. Sarn Vegas, bro. Sarn Vegas? Don't do that. You're calling it Sarn... When, who calls it Sarn, Sarn Vegas? Vegas? Stop right there. Yo, it's like an inside Sarn Vegas? joke, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like inside joke. I'm like not... when I was texting my boys, you know, like my guys I grew up with, Mike Logan, uh, you know, all the man. They're like, yo, man, I just touched down in Sarn Vegas. You know, it's it's like a, it's a city, it's such a family town that like... We try and joke like it's so alive by like saying it's like Vegas, Sarn Vegas, because <laughs> you got to make your own fun. Because it's the, actual, oh, the man, absolute that's opposite. That's why. It's totally opposite from Vegas. We got you. So, yo, let's talk business. A lot's been going on. I know uh, there's a lot of things with Facebook. I'm, I'm really curious to be, you know, educated on what's going on within that part. All right. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about is... uh. The Instagram just did two th- major things this week. One, they got rid of their analytics platform on June 30th. If you didn't already download your analytics, I'm sorry, but you messed up there. Um, the next thing, what the heck is going on outside? People are just beeping mm-hmm. like crazy. Oh, it's the soccer, yeah. Bro, is, is, is the World is Cup the on or something? World Cup? I think the World Cup's on. It looks like, looks like I see a bunch of flags. Not that- I see a bunch of flags <laughs> and people are, yeah, people are beeping like crazy. So yeah, Facebook did two things. So one, the analytics, and then two, they, they rolled out the Reels ads. And so if you're a small entrepreneur listening, this could be big for you. So mm-hmm. Reels is the newest feature um, from Facebook and Instagram, right? Here's the thing. Companies, what they have is a mm-hmm. revenue per user. I was explaining this to a client this week, right? Companies have revenue per user, right? So what they do is when they roll out new platforms, they reward users who take advantage of these new metrics that they can measure to say, hey, this customer is taking advantage of this and this is a valued customer. So this is, you know, someone who deserves to get more shares for their content. 
You know, this is how they validate the revenue that they're putting into each product mm. that they release. Mm -hmm. So as a as a business, you got to start using these new mm. platforms to leverage, to reach more people, to sell your products, to sell your services. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter if it's reels, uh, stories, highlights. Mm -hmm. The more you use the new features of a platform, the more they will reward you because they have to make a business case that this new feature is worth it. Point blank, period. So, with Reels coming out, mm -hmm. they're about to start rewarding people who use it. So right now, it's first movers advantage on Instagram, Reels, ads. So right now, ads for stories are one of the cheapest forms of getting mm -hmm. um, the cheapest cost per click, cost per sale, cost per whatever. So mm -hmm. if you're a business owner right now, listen, get on Instagram Reels. Mm -hmm. You know, also Instagram announced that they're no longer a photo sharing platform. They're now a video sharing platform. They are 100% competing with TikTok. TikTok is taking market share away, taking market share away, pardon me, mm -hmm. and they are nervous and shaking their boots. So y'all think about video content for your ads and for your content, point blank period. All right, that's what I really got to say about that, man. But, uh... Yeah. What do you think? I'm always enlightened when you when you share these things, bro, because you're so deep in the ad world and you're always, you know, mm -hmm. getting first dibs of the information because of your agency. Yeah, I know, like, even for us, we're doubling down on reels, right? A lot of the content that, like, you know, we're going to be making is reels. I have to learn how to make reels on Adobe and, like, make it, like, native for our brand. So uh, that's exciting. It's a new learning opportunity for me. So, yeah, bro, I'm excited to see where reels is going to go. And, like, even IG, man... It, I was like really messing around with it yesterday. I was like, I'm trying to post something and I got to like do finger gymnastics all over my screen just to like find where to post something. But Reels is like right, right then and there in front of you. So I'm just like, okay, this is definitely changing. Like stories is changing. It's like you can see this slowly shuffling in them in the back. It's like, okay, you guys get on the bench. Reels, you're starting today. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're running the point. So um, yeah, man, like big ups on that, bro. Like, we got to double down on reels, man, and uh, build up this following. Facts. Um, other things in that, though, aside from Facebook, um, Hulu just announced that they're about to release their own self-service ad platform, which is very interesting for small businesses like us. You know? Hmm. Yeah. So you can mm -hmm. put your ads now in the, um, you know, the advertisement of someone watching uh, Smart Guy or whichever ad, um, whichever platform is... Wow. being shown on Hulu right now. So that could be interesting for people that who have creative ads who are like, a little bit longer, you know, that are not reels mm -hmm. and don't have that kind of, like, production style yet, you know? So something to think mm -hmm. about, y'all. Like, Hulu ads is something that could be um, the future of advertising or something to compete. Because right now, everyone's trying to yeah. compete with Facebook and Google. Those are the two monsters right now. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And first mover advantage, right? Like get, getting on something new and fresh. It's like you're getting all the eyeballs immediately because, you know, it's undiscovered. And Hulu is like an established platform, streaming platform up with the Netflixes and et ceteras. So, yeah, as marketers, we got to be able to like adapt on the fly and test out a bunch of things and see how they respond. And, um, you know, go, go where no one else is at before it gets too crowded, before it becomes like a red ocean. We're going to hop into the podcast with Veronica. Veronica, thank you for being on the show. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace out, guys. Happy Monday. Hey, what's up, guys? To support this show for free, 
Here are some main options. If you're on Apple, make sure you rate and write a review of our podcast. This makes a huge difference and helps support the show. If you're on Spotify, follow us. If you're on Google Play, hit subscribe and auto-download so you'll be notified and have a fresh pod ready to go when we drop. Lastly, make sure you share the podcast on Instagram or whichever social platform you use and tag us. On Twitter, we're at 247Hustlers. On Instagram, we're at 247Hustler. And on Facebook, we're Hustle Over Everything. And now, guys, you've got to pay attention to this point. We just dropped a new newsletter. It's called The Underrated. It's a weekly newsletter that breaks down untold stories that highlight game-changing business strategies that shape our sports, music, and culture. It drops once a week on Mondays early in the morning to prep you for the week. So subscribe to that, and we'll see you in the pod. Today we have Veronica Abrams on the show. She's the host of Top 50 Podcasts, the Hero Academy podcast. You can check that out on all streaming platforms, of course. She also helps you grow and monetize your podcast without ads and create a passive income while having fun. So if you want to check more about Veronica, you can check the links in the description or in the um, podcast details and find out more. Veronica, what's good with you? How you doing? Doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me here. I was really, really looking forward to this, uh, this time to hang out with you. Yeah, as a fellow podcaster, we're so excited to chat with you. Uh, you know, pick your brain about podcasting, how you got to where you're at today. So we're super excited to, you know, to get on with this. Most definitely. Amazing. I'm, I'm excited to get started too. Most definitely. Let's go. So, you know, as an icebreaker, one thing I wanted to, um, you know, unpack with you is the fact that you've got moved from Waterloo, you know, to mm-hmm. Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what Canadian yeah. things do you miss the most? And what's some of the things you, um, so you're so happy to leave behind? Okay, so starting with the things that I miss. Now, I mean, safety. <laughs> you know, like, it's not it's not as scary as some people think. But, I mean, you know, back home, it would be, like, I'd go hiking and not really be too concerned about it. But I'm not going to really go out in the jungle here yeah. as, like, you know, a, a woman by herself yeah. or even with, like, a man. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was to bring, you know, bring my boyfriend or something like they know that you're not locals. So um, and and I can't get away with like I got a bit of Spanish that I can get away with, but not too, too much. So, I mean, that's a different kind of reality. I think that um, obviously there are parts of Canada and every city that, you know, you're not going to necessarily walk, you know, at night and, and feel super, super comfortable. But overall, uh, it's really uh, you know, we, we have a great country in that regard that we, we do feel safe. Um, I mean, as for, for why I left, you know, cost of living is just becoming so expensive. And the reality is, is the kind of life that I want to live. I just could not, like even with making a really good income, like even making multiple six figures or, you know, seven figures, so much of your money is going towards paying bills. And I just really don't want to do that anymore (laughs) you know like again having been an entrepreneur for over 10 years i'm in my 30s and i'm like fuck i'm kind of done 
giving all my money away. Um, so yeah, I mean, grateful for you know being first generation Canadian. My mother came from Romania, and and that was a communist country. So grateful for you know the home that Canada was to me. But it's a, it's a different, it's a new chapter for me. And, Hold on. And, okay. I was gonna say like, why Mexico out of all places? So I wasn't anticipating on staying here. Um, so I was in the U.S. and in California for six months, and, and you're allowed to stay easily 180 days as Canadian in the U.S. Um, now, with everything that happened last year, uh, I wasn't going to go back to the U.S. I, I wasn't too fond of it. I was in, in you know, L.A., and uh, it was just insane what was happening. So I, I ended up just looking up, like, where could I go that was accessible? And I also have a dog that I travel with, so... Uh, you know, Mexico, four and a half hour flight, you know, five hour flight. And then I could get another 180 days. So I, I came to Mexico 180 days and then I was able to get an extension. So I've got another, you know, six months that I'm, I'm going to be here. But uh, it just felt like home. You know, I've, I've traveled to quite a few other places. I would say Spain is maybe the other place that felt really good. But you know, when you just go somewhere and you lay your head down and you just have the best sleep ever. <laughs> it just hits different, um, yeah. It hits different. And the area that I'm in, mm-hmm. in Tulum, it's, it's it's you know, got so much history with the, like, Mayan culture. And um, I, I've learned so much while I've been here about uh, history and, and a different part of spirituality and... Uh, yeah, just a d- different kind of piece. So I've I've just it, it really welcomed me in, uh, and I hadn't felt that for a very very long time. I hear you. Um, being in Tulum, is it like a ton of you know, uh, tourists running around? Oh, I don't know if you hear the thunder in the background, but uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, is a ton of like tourists running around, and does does that get annoying for you as like a semi permanent resident there? So, okay, so yeah, Tulum, it's got, uh, like, I, I'm about 10, 15 minutes from the beach, so I'm in a little, little like, city um, called Aldia Zama, and it's a, it's a very cute little, you know, place. There's all these buildings, and on the bottom, like, little restaurants, you know, boutique hotels, and um, cafes, and stuff like that are kind of popping in, little convenience stores. Um the way this is laid out too, it's got little pockets of like jungle too, so they're keeping a lot of the green and, and that sort of thing. So it's a it's a nice like residential area, um, a little bit bougie, <laughs> um, but it's it's super cute. And yeah, fifteen maybe twenty minutes away is where the hotel strip is, and of course it's very touristy. I mean, I can go there, you know, once or twice a week to a beach club, and, and enjoy sort of that atmosphere but i love i love the jungle you know here you got the beach and then the beautiful beach view but at the same time there's just something about you know going to the rooftop and just hearing the jungle and just seeing you know green it's it's beautiful so I, i've had i have you definitely can run away from that i'm not a big partier um you know there's a lot of djs that come and stuff so there is more of like a similar like to visa kind of feel mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this other side of Tulum that's very much like, you know, retreats, quiet, spiritual, meditation. So you got a, you got a, a you know, good part of both worlds. Um, yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, uh, yeah. I'm honestly going to Tana, and that, that was like my experience there. It was very peaceful, 
quiet, you know. Um, Brad State was a little bit bougie too, you know. So I was like, listen, if I can pay less and live more, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why not, you know, so. Yeah. We're not attached like we used to, like, you know, maybe our parents were and getting, like, the, the house and all this kind of stuff. You know, I think most of us are, are wanting to live through experiences rather than just owning things. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, most definitely. Speaking of, like, our parents and, you know, creating that life, you know, um, you've had a, a big story, you know, when it comes to your hero journey, you know, tying it on into the Hero Podcast. See what I'm doing there? You see me? Um, <laughs> going from turning 29 to 30, right? Could you walk us through that point in your life? Yeah. God damn. You know, like, when you, when you, t- like, life has been such a whirlwind. I'm 33. I'm going to be 34 this year. Mm-hmm. And even just the last year, there's been, like, you know, more of a hero story. But, yeah, what really kicked me off into transitioning from my other business, which was in renovations, and I had, you know, more of a physical business and office, to to more into the online space, um, was I went through kind of this reset in life that was not intentional. Um, within the span of six weeks, my, my partner came to me and said he wasn't in love with me anymore. And I thought we were going to get married, you know, mm-hmm. completely blindsided me. Um, my, my best friend and her husband moved to Spain far away. My mother sold, uh, her house and moved from Ontario to Alberta to stay with my brother and his family. Um, and that whole friend group, cause we had been like as a couple that core, that whole friend group kind of just disappeared overnight and uh, I turned 30 so I hit this like big milestone and it was like it's like moving but not moving where everything is gone and uh, I spiraled I really spiraled really hard I fell into and this was very intentionally it wasn't like whoops it was like I don't give uh, I don't know if I can I can swear can I swear it's okay yeah yeah, it's Um, all good okay um but I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I really intentionally went into, like, drugs and alcohol. For me, it was uh, trying to cope and, you know, having to run a business and be chipper and happy. Um, and then at night, just hating my own company and hating everything about life and, and just downing bottles and blacking out. Like, that that was how I lived for about a year until I realized it's like, you know, nobody's listening to your little violin play. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's around. It's just you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're being self-destructive. So I had to go through this this uh, transformation journey because I, I, I genuinely asked myself, like, do I want to continue and, and go on? And I said, you know, it's not that I, I don't want to be around. I just don't want to live so sad. Mm-hmm. Um and I had to take radical ownership over why I was, where I was in life. Um, I was a people pleaser. You know, I really compromised my own purpose in order for my clients, for, you know, my partners, for my friends. Um, and it wasn't out of place of, like, genuine service and authenticity. It was a place of, of seeking validation. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what happens when you, when you constantly do that and uh, you live for others rather than really genuinely – uh, living your fullest and most authentic version of yourself, uh, it chips away at your identity. You come to this place of, you know, I don't know who I am, and that's really where I was. And, you know, as much as it, it, it sucks having all these people abandon you, uh, when you're a stranger to yourself, mm-hmm. I think that's the loneliest pla- you know, place to be in the world, when you're a stranger to yourself. So I had to go through this journey of getting back on my feet, overcoming, you know, addiction, and also, you know, finding out who I was and that was uh that was 
uh, took about six months to a year to get clean. Um, and then I, I started telling my story. That's how I actually got into podcasting was I, I started going on other people's podcasts. And then eventually they're like, you know, you should really start your own. Um, and then also through my journey, I started coaching a little bit people, uh, you know, helping them with, with building confidence, understanding their identity um, from the grassroots up as I, I had to to do um, as well when I first started my journey. So it came from a place of, again, service, but but self-exploration as well, you know, and and not a place of validation, but really genuinely caring, having known how much pain I'd been through to really want to help others discover who it is that they were at their core as well. So that's how I got into it. And then, you know, I guess the rest is kind of history, but I then I got into podcast coaching because I wanted people to also feel empowered to use their voice. Uh, and yeah, things kind of snowballed. <laughs> so I want to like, uh, this is a very like, critical part in your life but just to paint a picture of before getting to like this moment where your partner's leaving you and you're about to turn 30 give us a glimpse into your entrepreneurial uh you know ventures before that like leading up to that point like you know what were you doing what was your business uh how was the business doing up to that point until that position of everything just came crashing and burning I mean, I've had, I've, I've always been entrepreneurial. I never quite fit in a, in a regular nine to five. Um, I had, you know, an online clothing store before Shopify was a thing, like selling vintage thrift stuff online. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, my main business for about eight years had been uh, an, a renovation business. So uh, I actually went to school for biogenetics at Waterloo. Uh, I dropped out in third year realizing that it just was not, you know, my calling and there was no point in getting into more debt and, you know, more severe anxiety and depression over something that just was not going to serve me. Um, and I ended up knocking on doors just because I wanted to do renovations. Like I, you know, grew up with the HGTV and, and all that stuff. And I love seeing these, you know, external transformations. It's interesting how I ended up getting more into like these external transfer, you know, internal uh, transformations. But uh, I ended up knocking on doors, and uh, this was like, I call it, you know, two feet in a heartbeat. <laughs> I had no marketing money. I had no degree. I had barely any experience except for being like a do-it-yourselfer growing up and as a teenager. And um, I knocked on doors, scared as hell, uh, playing Eye of the Tiger in my car because I thought, you know, it worked for Rocky. Maybe it's going to work for me. Yep. Um was awful at first and I, I just you know had no shame left so I just kept knocking on doors and, and that's how I started my business you know uh, one door two doors and I was like you know what? I'm gonna commit to a hundred I'm gonna commit to a hundred before I give up hundred doors um, in the span of of four weeks I booked 50k worth of work <laughs> um, and then I had to figure out how to actually do it because I was like I, I mean I kind of know renovations but it was like very small projects and a lot of research and a lot of you know and, you know, humbling myself to ask questions and find mentors. But that's how I started my business. And, you know, it. I learned a lot. I didn't have, uh, you know, I'm a very different person now as to how I, I operate my business. I'm more of a numbers person. I look at data a lot closely rather than just the emotional side of things. Um, at that time when, when things happened, you know, hitting 30 and all that, uh, I, it was at the tail end of it, you know, it's, you know, when the love is just gone. So the love was definitely gone for that business. Um, I couldn't sustain it. And, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of reasons I could say that it was or wasn't working for me. But at the end of the day, you know, who knows how or why you get to where you are. But it was a, it was a chapter that needed to close. And uh, I'm really glad that it did. <laughs> it hasn't been an easy ride to get here, but uh, I think it was the right thing. Yeah, definitely. A lot of entrepreneurs, right? Like their businesses go down by just the nature of things. You know, some things progress and people look back and they're like, oh, why'd you quit your business? Like you're doing so well. But internally as an entrepreneur, there's so many things that go in within you that just tell you it's time for growth. It's time to move on to something new. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's happened to me. That's happened to a lot of my friends who look like they had like fledging businesses. I remember a friend of mine, she had like a drink business and I was like, wow, you have a great brand. Why are you quitting this? And she shared the same thing. I was just like, you know what? It's just not it. It's just not clicking. And I think we need to make that a lot more normal and communicating that like it's OK to move on from something because, you know, hustle culture has made it, you know, you're looking down upon someone to move on from a business like, oh, you gave up. You, you're not strong enough to continue on. But it's there's more to it than just not giving up there's a mental side of it there's a timing of it there's a lot of different things i think we need to start normalizing more of it and stop shaming people for leaving businesses that look good on paper that are doing well and moving on to something else yeah it's uh you know it comes with maturity too mm -hmm. to to realize when is this just difficult or is it over? And I mean, that that also goes with relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is this just a bump in the road or is this a sign? You know, and it, it takes time to kind of figure that out. You know, with, with the business that I have now, there's been ups and downs. Um, but I would say that it's given me more than it, it's taken. Mm -hmm. And I also know from experience that, you know, the, the actual model is a lot more sustainable. Um, I think that there are times where you're going to have to press through, but you have to have a vision of what's on the other side. And, you know, for that business, I didn't have a vision of the next chapter. You know, there was nothing to really look forward to. It would just be more of the same difficulty. Yeah. And I think this is where also the parallel between relationships and a business sort of venture kind of is similar, where it's like, I don't see the good anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't see how we'll ever get back to, to you know, the good yeah. times. They're so far behind. I, I, it's such a, you know, faint memory rather than, okay, this is like a, you know, a little bump. And But I see that this next chapter, that there's so much potential. Mm -hmm. So... And, you know, if somebody doesn't want to continue, maybe it would work for somebody else, but it's not for you. That's okay, too. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe something else is. Yeah. yeah. And um, now that we've established what happened in the past, now we are here. You turn 30. You're getting into podcasting. You're getting into consulting. Walk us through those steps of I'm now a guest on all these shows. I'm going to start my own podcast. And then leading up to now working with people who are looking to get started within the podcasting space. Yeah. So I, I launched my podcast. Um, it ranked top 33 within entrepreneurship within three days of launching. Mm -hmm. um, That's it's, big. It's, three days. Okay. So here's the thing. I, I launched, I've recorded probably... 100 episodes it's like two seasons i've had celebrities i've had 
and I didn't air those episodes. I aired 13 episodes of my first season. Um, right now, I'm launching another podcast called The Veronica Abrams Show. So you can see kind of the journey of, of me just, you know, more coming into myself, too, and, and my per own personal brand. I paused my podcast because I, I essentially proved the concept, and I also was going about things very differently than other podcasters were from a branding perspective, from a strategy perspective. Um, and also, because I was an entrepreneur, I didn't go about monetizing the way that a lot of podcasters are told to, which is through ads, affiliates, and sponsors. I monetized through my own offers, and that's how I was able to bring in 20K worth of business within the first season, or basically one season. Um, now, I monetized off of face, you know, Facebook, Instagram, podcasting, so obviously revenue comes in from everywhere, but really, I, I, I could look back on who came in, you know, from the podcast. And it was, yeah, it was about 20K um, worth of business. So I ended up doing, uh, you know, opening up an agency and I put my own podcast on hold for, for a number of reasons, mostly because I got a little bit jaded with the industry and I was interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs, people that I admired and even like, you know, celebrities, people that I admired. But then when I actually interviewed them, I was really disappointed. So I stopped airing episodes and I was helping other people with their podcasts through an agency, more of like a, a one-on-one, men, you know, consulting, <coughs> pardon me, plus also um, doing actually their visual branding. So I had a team that would help them with like their designs and all that kind of stuff and kick them off. Um, then in that process, I realized, okay, well, if I really want to help as many people people as possible, not just get into the podcasting space, but really become entrepreneurs and, and, and develop not just a side income, but something that can truly become like their passion and they can be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be relying on other brands and companies. Like I, I really truly believe in building your own house. And if somebody comes to me and they're like, Veronica, I don't know what I can do for a course or something. I'm like, you know what, as you go through this process of building your brand, one, getting to know your voice and who you are. Two, getting to know your audience and having that dialogue also through social media strategy and your podcast and all that. You're going to figure out what that little thing is that you can do to serve them. And as you take care of your audience, your audience will take care of you. There is something there. You know, you know, you can't tell me that you would live 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever years and you don't have something, something that you can offer. Um, so I ended up, I, I had my agency, but then essentially everything I was taking them through, I started to document all the curriculum. And then I launched, a, a kind of beta launched uh, my podcast course little by little and then started offering, you know, free courses. So, you, you know, you guys have heard about my master class. Um, and I realized, I was like, you know, I'm one person, but how can I make the most impact? And it's really through something like online education. I love teaching people. I love doing that. And even as an introvert, you know, I realized that I was able to get into the online space and learn the algorithms, learn the strategy, and do it with relative, uh, you know, ease. It doesn't have to be this fight with social media or, you know, uh, Big Brother or, like, how everything is. You know, I believe that you can... uh, curate your online community just like you can curate your friends in person Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I got into the online space and and 
I would say launching the podcast course last summer, little by little, taking on a few students here and there, doing some little mini trainings and workshops, and then really at the beginning of this year is where we kicked off the full program. Obviously, we keep you know, improving it. Um, I expanded my team, and yeah, I mean, I've taught thousands of people. We've, we're looking at like hundreds within the program, and it's been, I'm just... I feel very grateful mm-hmm. that I made it. <laughs> I really am. It's 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 a hell of a ride, but it was worth it. Man, yeah, it's incredible. It's really incredible. So there's so much to unpack there. So much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, the man is backing up from your mic a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. When it comes to, you know, figuring out what you were doing right and what other podcasters were doing wrong, you know, one thing you mentioned, of course, was monetizing their own service versus relying on other businesses. All right. Boom. Now, could you speak to um, what else podcasters are doing wrong when it comes to being discoverable, having a good brand? Um, what do you think led to you becoming top 33 podcast entrepreneurship, which is a pretty a, a solid feat, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship podcasts, because there's a, a lot of them, you know, um, versus people who don't end up in that list. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things I see, and this is not just podcasting, but as you get into like social media, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. Mm. And uh, rather than maybe using somebody as inspiration you kind of try to to mimic them and whether it's like the perfect kind of photos or the way that they say things or you know all this kind of stuff um that's really what i think keeps people back the most is you know you try to be copy paste a carbon copy of other people you know i i mean right now covid and stuff it's a bit different but my like signature thing is pink hair you know i've had people with my my ads and stuff say you know make comments about my body if my photo was on it i had a guy say you know i would never trust somebody with pink hair um i've actually had a lot of online hate um that had i not been strong enough and really had a solid sense of identity and that's all that identity work that i did when i first you know was going through my transformation journey I mean, that would have crushed me. And at times at the beginning, it did. It did shake me a little bit. But you're not here to to serve that person's audience. You've got your own people, your own community. And there's no way that you're going to be able to connect with them if you don't do it through authenticity. And sometimes that might be sharing a blooper. Sometimes that might be, you know, swearing. Sometimes that might be you know, not showing up all, you know, done up or something. Sometimes that might be talking about how you have a hard day. You know, when it comes to social media strategy, I, I, I give people this challenge. Don't worry so much about the content. Like, oh, what do I say? Show up in your stories every single day for 30 days and just be yourself. Whether it's, uh, you know, that you had a good day or a bad day, just show up and be human and, and show your face. Um, it's incredible how the most engagement I had oftentimes was with topics I didn't think people would really connect with, but I just ended up sharing and 
it was a genuine story and they're like oh my god I totally got you know get that I or I felt like that thank you so much for saying that because nobody ever talks about it you know so don't be a copy obviously you want to put good quality content out and do your best but show up with like your bumps and bruises show up with your depression sometimes show up with you know your goofiness your awkwardness um there's people who are waiting for somebody to show up as human that they connect with rather than just a highlight reel Mm, yeah that's real (laughs) no pun intended that's the hero story the hero story is not perfect like who has a hero story without like goblins and and you know big bosses that try to take them down or times that they you know any any hero story starts with somebody who is down and out uncertain you know, uh, feels out of place, feels like an outcast, rejected. Like th- this is this is how a hero story starts. This is why we get we are so endeared to these characters, whether it's Harry Potter or, um, you know, some other movie, right? Like Rocky. We we're endeared to them because of how human they are, and then we're invested in their success story. Because we saw them when they were, you know, down and out, right? Like, how much more proud are you of somebody who's buying their dream car when you've actually been there for the whole journey and saw them online when they were struggling and they were just encouraging people even from a place of where they didn't have their needs met? And now they're buying their dream car, you know? Like, how, how um, you know, you're cheering them on. Whereas if you don't know the backstory or if you're not invested in somebody's backstory and you just see a dude on Instagram sitting up against like a fancy car, you don't feel the same way. It's the backstories that really get us to connect with people. It's the down and out. It's when you're rejected. It's all that stuff that builds rapport and, and empathy. So it's it's ridiculous that we tend to want to hide that part when that's you know the part that gives people hope mm-hmm. you know it bridges the gap with hope when you tell both sides of the story you know what i think it is veronica sorry i was just gonna say this on yeah. um i feel like it's uh the instant gratification that you get from showing the highlight reels right what you've just illustrated right then and there is if i'm showcasing the journey there's nothing sexy or exciting about that and it takes like a lot, a lot of work for you to really build that up and showcase the journey. For example, we had a similar conversation like this where we know there's people who are watching what we're doing. There are silent supporters, but they're not going to be right then and there liking, commenting, showcasing your podcast. But they're watching for sure because there's certain things we, we did like a Jay-Z prank one time. And the amount of people who showed up just because we had Jay-Z right then and there was crazy we're like i didn't even know your interest i like random people alex had random people messaging him like hey bro like i just heard you got jay-z man congrats but all these are the podcasts we've done they were nowhere to be found right so the thing about the like nowhere to be found is like wow like where were you when we were dropping 40 episodes ago like you didn't come and say i got so much value from that but just because it's jay-z boom right then and there and i think that feeling of showcasing that highlight reel and doing it over and over, it gets you those results. Then if I'm waiting a prolonged time showcasing my journey, like there's no, which we're doing, like showcasing the steps of a podcast 
we don't see that outpour of support until we are holding a shiny object which people want to latch on to. So it's like this conflict of desire people have like, okay, should I stay true or should I just stay patient until I get there where I can have true fans or should I just get that instant jolt of happiness because people will see me posing behind a Lamborghini. And you know those fake gurus that are like flying in private jets, they're rented or they're popping bottles in the beach in Miami like because of their Shopify store doing a million you know, in, rev- in, in revenue, but they make it seem like it's profit, right? It's those type of things. And I think a lot of people have conflict with that. And I feel like it's human nature more than anything, more than being logical about it. I think it's like wired within us to get grat- like gratification and also that affirmation from other people around us to tell us that we're doing well because no one wants to be in that position where they're just working, working, working with no feedback from everybody. That's a, that's an interesting take. I think I think at the beginning of your journey, you're going to care a lot more about that validation than at the end. You know, mm-hmm. like even now, I mean, we've had some big months, but we were... <laughs> You know, you think you're a big deal until you end up in some other crowds and you realize you're a small player, you know, and then you see, you don't start, you don't care so much about if, if people comment or if they, you know, I, I, I was excited that when we had like our first 50k a month, I was like, damn, okay, we're, we're like hot stuff, you know, and then we end up in this agency where people are casually talking about like 300k months and, and. You know, and then you realize, like, it's all perspective. You know, I, I can care about these vanity metrics. Or I can just care that, you know, I shared a message that was true and honest. And somebody, you know, that one person, like, that one person felt a little bit of hope. You know, and it made a difference. I know when I was going through recovery and, and my transformation journey, I listened to, to podcasts and watched YouTube channels like Ed Milet, where... You know, he was talking about his low times. You know why? Because I, I, I needed to see that somebody who's worth half a billion at this point knew what it was like to hit bottom. You know, that that gave me hope um, that I could see that he's doing well, but also to know, know the backstory. So, you know, you doing something and then, yeah, people come around you and they're so excited and they celebrate with you and that can give you a sense of validation in the moment, but there's going to be a time where you just won't care about that anymore. You know, you just do you. You don't need the feedback. Um, and that one person that, that drops in your DMs and says thank you is going to matter more than all the people who are, like, you know, celebrating and who've never really, you know, uh, mentioned you or bothered you before, you know, dropping a comment in, in some celebrity, you know, picture that you're taking. Um all these things, it, it's, it's a weird journey. It's a weird journey because you think that once you hit some milestones, you're going to feel that sense of gratification. But what I've realized when it comes to purpose is there's two motivations. There's validation, and you'll never be satisfied if you're, if you're chasing validation. Never. You know, there will never be enough. Um, but if you live with a desire of self-exploration that's where satisfaction is. That's where true purpose is. You know, the fact that you met, you said you met Jay-Z. No, it was a prank. It was a prank. Oh, it was a prank. April okay. Fool's prank, yeah. yeah. April Fool's it was prank. an April 
ghouls prey. But let's say, like, there's somebody that you meet that you really admire, you know, to take a picture with that person and post it and get all this validation. Like, that's one thing. Comes and goes. But for you to, to have had that milestone moment for yourself, that's, I think, where it should matter most, right? Most definitely. And, and, and feel like, wow, you know, that's, that's something on my bucket list. And I'm just, I'm really grateful that I got to, like, connect with that person. Um, yeah, I know this is a totally different discussion than podcasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went on a different path here. Yeah, a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I want to mention tale. is, one thing I want to mention is, um, you know, this thing I was telling Owen about, actually, weight room theory. You remember I was talking about this, Owen? Yeah. Um, share share more about call, that, man. I call it weight room what theory. What is it? Weight room theory. Weight room theory. Okay. Yeah, so... Or even fitness theory that, you know, when you go to the gym for the first time and you're out of shape, you know, you go to the gym and you start working out and in the gym, there's like, there's like the weight room and there's like, let's say four guys in the weight room and you start lifting some weights up and you're like, oh man, these are heavy as hell. And you look to the right and you see a guy working out and he's lifting weights easily and you're like, man, I can't wait to be like him. He's killing it. Right. And you score, pan over to the guy that's lifting those weights and he's lifting them like, man, I'm lifting these weights. But he's looking at the guy next to him, you know, and he's and he's like, man, I can't wait to get like him, right? Mm-hmm. But if either of those guys were to exit the weight room and you go to, around their family, they'd be like, oh, I'm so buff. Oh, this so that. Oh, I'm so buff. But oh, look at you. You're so buff. You've been so, you're so muscular. You've been working out for a while, you know, but mentally he's chasing something completely different that they're not even looking at. You know what I'm saying? And in that weight room, like I said, there was four guys. The guy that's even at the end of that that line isn't even looking at those other three guys behind them. He's looking at some guy on Instagram trying to get something that's unattainable. And that guy's probably on steroids. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so like it's just Kardashians like, being like, my ass is real. It's like, no, honey, it's not. It's not real. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, so is this um ever like you're like you're saying this um, you know, ever chasing validation that we're that we're looking for, and that can only come from inside unless um, unless you just want to you know feel empty continuously by by chasing that. So yeah, that's the weight room theory. But um, yeah, exactly. It's 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 you know. That's why you have to ask yourself, like, what's my vot- motivation for this? Is it from, is it coming from a place of, of a need for external validation or internal intrinsic exploration? You know, this is, I've seen this actually a lot more with men uh, who are successful, let's say like in their thirties, um, that they, you know, have the, the beautiful girlfriend or wife, the baby, the amazing job, but then they'll get like depressed and it's because they've kind of achieved everything. You know, they're kind of at the top of their game, you know. They got the big director role or something. And then they're depressed because there's nothing else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always this chase and competitiveness. And it's just more of the same rather than, you know, again, coming from a place of self-exploration where it's like, you know, then you can take risks. There's always going to be a new challenge. There's always going to be, you know, something else for you to explore. Um, whereas you've kind of reached your peak and everybody's already impressed with you. So you're not getting any any more validation, you know. It's just like, okay, it's just you. You're just doing well, whatever. And they just feel the sense of, like, not being accomplished, even though they're so accomplished. Um, 
so it's it, it yeah it, it's a really downhill spiral and uh, at this point in life I'm, I'm excited to be in an industry where I can just continue to create I'm, I'm my own boss I can continue to serve and also um, there's always going to be new challenges and I can build it however I want and I don't care that's why I don't even put like income goals or or things online I barely have posted in the last little while because like I don't need people to be impressed and also those people that like hated on me and like you know comments and stuff like this there's a certain point where you just don't give a shit anymore like you ha there's no fucks left and it doesn't matter what anybody says past that <laughs> you're like cool like hey you don't trust me find somebody you trust mm -hmm. you know you don't want me to be your mentor find somebody you want to mentor you mm -hmm. great amazing like it doesn't phase me at all yeah um it's I wish I was like this in my 20s, but it's all right. Perspective. <laughs> Got here eventually. Perspective. Yeah, and I mean, again, there's the people that, that don't connect with you, and then there's the people who really do stick by you and, and celebrate you. And, you know, it's funny when the one person commented, you know, I didn't even know this guy. You know, he made a comment about my body, and like eight people, com you know, commented on his and like defended me that I didn't even know, but they were like, nah, I dig her, you know, and I'm like, cool, you know. Yeah. So it's always going to be a little this and that. So you can't, can't believe all the praise and can't believe all the hate. <laughs> no, most definitely. Most definitely. So now, you know, even though, you know, we have to seek validation in this world though, you know, it's very perception based mm -hmm. to be real. Um, and what sucks is even if you go after that without that perception, somewhat being met, you know, you can get taken advantage for, you know, when they perceive you in a certain way, you know, but at the same time, you just have to not let yourself be treated that way. That happened to me when I was like, I already know who I am, so I can take something that's lesser than because I know that I can achieve more. But then I ended up getting taken advantage of because that person perceived me as that less, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't even want to get into that. I want to get more into your business because those 50k months are things people are striving to, to do this for themselves yeah so let's talk about that you know yeah. um let's get into your coaching business your courses you know how are you acquiring customers how are you getting to these to these dollars you know we're, we're really aiming for a six-figure month but the the difference between a 10k and a 50k is not that different <laughs> um, doesn't necessarily require that much more infrastructure um, you know there's two people with the same kind of course or program that can get very very different results and one thing that I think has made a huge difference in the last year year and a half for me was you know obviously my, my program everything is you know connected to my values and I, I really do love it and I am you know emotionally invested in that regard but uh, I, I finally clicked in this other side of business is that it's not personal it's math um, for example you know it my whole thing is like I have a master class which by the way is free everybody's welcome there um, but then I'm not here to enroll everybody in my program. I don't want everybody. Uh, I actually, I've kicked out one person um, from my program. And I was like, you know, I don't think it's a good fit. I think, uh, you know, you should find something else. Um, refunded him and, and I, I 
uh, you know, let him leave the program. Um, we're very, very particular about who we leave in, oh, who we let in, and it's invitation only. And uh, you know, even though you know we were with this agency and they were trying to teach us all this, all these sales strategies that were really like, ugh, you know, like bro marketing, slimy. I didn't anticipate that they would be like that before we enrolled. And then I realized, yeah, this is not what we're about. For example, like our policy is if you do not show up for your strategy call, we do not reschedule you. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know? And their whole thing is like how to chase down people who didn't show up. I don't want to chase down people who, sh- who didn't show up. You know? I, uh, I want to invest in my students that are actually, you know, giving a shit or the people who do go over and above to show up for a call, a free call that we give them. Um, and again, if somebody is not a good fit, we give them strategy to help them for the next little bit. Maybe later on they're going to be a good fit and they can come back. We don't force anybody's hands. We don't, uh, you know, push them. Uh, you know, financially, we really try to make things accessible and work with everybody. If they have a desire, we'll make a way, you know, to help them out. So my, 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 my business model is very much like value-based, but then I look at things, you know, we look at, at the numbers, we look at the data, you know, is this working? Is it not? You know, what do you need to tweak? tweak? Your whole business funnel or your, your sales funnel or whatever, it's a machine. And oftentimes something can be not flowing because there's like a clog at the very end or a little thing at the very end that needs to be tweaked. And we toss out the whole business model rather than looking at it analytically and you know giving it some grace and, and tuning and tuning and tuning. When I finally understood that we could tune certain aspects and then that's when really we had you know a, a big breakthrough. Um, for example, recently we've had over 200 strategy calls. We realized that half of them really fit into this category and another half fit into the other category. And we're like, we need to treat these people differently because they need different kind of strategy. So again, it's not personal, it's math. Like if these people got on a call and it didn't seem like a very good fit, what can we do for them? How can we serve them? Okay, do we need to build something separate? Let's build something separate for them, you know? Um, whereas people could be like, oh, 50% of these are a waste of time. <laughs> no, no, there's opportunity there. So, you know, look at the data, track everything, uh, and, and don't be so emotional about certain parts. You know, you did a class and, and you tripped up and you messed up. Like, I still get nervous, and I've literally done hundreds of live trainings, and I still get nervous, and sometimes I do better than other times. Oh, well, what, what happened? What went well? What was the feedback? What did people say when you emailed them? Uh, all this stuff is, is data, and that's why I'm saying is it's not more work to earn more. You can actually just go back, look at the data, tweak, tweak, tweak. Like, be humble. <laughs> be humble and be wor- willing to, to do that deep dive and look at those numbers and not take it personal. <laughs> let's, let's dive deeper there, you know. When you say math, what do you mean? Like, is it just the amount of, the amount of people you get into the to opt in? Break that down of what the math really is. So, for example, my model is, you know, you could do this organically, but we run ads right now. So let's say you run ads to a landing page to register for an event. Okay. Um, 
you can see that people land on the page and they either register or they don't. Okay, well, what's your, what's your landing page conversion? Where, why are people bouncing? Mm-hmm. Test different copy. Maybe they actually want to learn something else. Maybe your wording is too confusing. You know, maybe you need to be a little bit more fine-tuned and direct. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now you've tweaked your landing page. Okay, and then you're, you're, you're wanting to fine-tune so that you have a good attendance. Let's say attendance is like 20, 30, 40%, depends on the industry. And you're not getting that. Okay, so you, you figured out the landing page. Okay, you got your conversion there. Good. It seems like your copy is good. But then you're not having people show up. Okay, do you have enough emails that you're sending out? Uh, did it end up in the trash can? Is there something with your domain that you need to verify? Uh, could it be your, your email host, your email uh, provider? provider? Yeah. Uh, could it be, you know, like, again, it's like, oh, no, what's happening? Like, you can panic, but literally there's, there's a reason. There is a reason. <laughs> you know, if you got people in but then they're not showing up what what's happening in that part of the journey uh could be the emails could be that they're not getting to it you know to them maybe you need to send more uh maybe the link was wrong we had that happen before we sent the wrong link and i was like where are all my people and it was the wrong like webinar link like shit happens like you're you're figuring it out be be gracious with yourself and, and compassionate and even just with your business okay well people are showing up and then okay they're not booking a call well maybe what you promised, you know, is not really connected between the landing page and the registration and then what you actually did in the in the class. Okay, so maybe you, maybe you need to practice a little bit more to be a better instructor, to be a better, you know, trainer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're really good at coaching people, but that live, you know, session you got flustered and nervous and then now, you know, you've got to do it again. So do it again, do it again, do it again until you've, you, you are connecting with the right people. You get people on a call. Again, you know, we've, we've done a, a few hundred calls, a couple hundred calls at this point. So now we've realized, again, this is, these are people. These are, they're not made of stone. They're people. This is dynamic. This is happening in a moment. And one call is not going to be like the, le- the next. So as you get on then, learning, you know, what's their story? What do they need? You know, how can you serve them? What their expectations are? What their self-limiting beliefs are? You know, people get on. We, we have people rank, like, what's your belief in yourself? You know, it's heartbreaking that some people say, like, one. Can you imagine wow. somebody's coming on a call for strategy and they say that they don't have, you know, really a lot of faith in themselves? Like, sometimes these things end up being, like, coaching calls, you know, where we're, like, you know, just really trying to to encourage them and, and, and give them a sense of belief in themselves. You know, it's not even about, like, forget all the sales stuff. Hey, what have you been through? What's going on? Talk to me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really come from a place of love. And and so that's an experience in itself, you know, and, and you're going to figure that out. And then you're going to enroll students. And, again, I made a mistake. You know, we, we let in somebody that wasn't a good fit, but what did we do? We made it right, you know. Um, and so this is really Again, be gracious with yourself. I was actually more compassionate with my business than I was with myself at some point, and I realized that. I was like, okay, Veronica, you need to calm down. Um, I was so critical of myself while I was so understanding with my business, you know? So, yeah, that that's what I mean when I say the numbers. So track everything. And then, you know, if you're not getting the conversions or the sales that you want, um, don't push it like this agency I was talking about. Don't try to do it in a slimy way. There's ways to get the right people um, in your community. And uh, to do it with integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the heck is bro sales? I ain't never heard of that in my life. Oh, when you heard of bro sales? I've never heard. Bro marketing. Bro marketing. By- bro marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 
like again, it's like down. bro marketing. Well, I, I don't know what bro marketing is. I, I'm like, am I a bro marketer? Like, I had to like really like you get triggered, bro. Think. <laughs> I, I, I was definitely not triggered, but I was like, bro marketing. What in the okay, world? Okay, so is so. That? In the online space, bro marketing is really like, you know, like these, again, these guys that are just showing, you know, they've got their IG with like this, you know, uh, vet, uh, jet that they don't even own, but they yeah. just like found a thing oh, okay, to, to okay. vote photos with. And then there's all this uh, uh, fake, uh, you know, trip wire and like, oh, you know, sale, it's never going to happen again. And, and uh, you know, putting like time limits that aren't really real. Uh, just like slimy sort of marketing. Um, Got you. Got you. So that's that's something that, you know, we have seen a lot in the online space. Uh, fake urgency, you know, <laughs> where you know if you could just open up an incognito window, you'll get that discount, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, I think people are getting a bit jaded of that. Um, it's something that we we stay away from 110%. I, I'm not going to put any fake urgency. I don't think I need to do that. <laughs> if I need to like trick somebody to buy from me, that just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't feel right. I don't need to trick anybody. <laughs> Got you. Again, you're, you, you, if you don't trust me, find somebody you trust. It's cool. You know, you do you. It's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of that. I get what you're saying now. The um, you have one day left. You have one day left. You better buy now. You know, or the fake timer at the top. The that's like the classic one. You know, where yeah. it's like yeah, or no. You, what's your opinion? On it? So what's your opinion on evergreen webinars then? Because I actually was just on. Um, I won't say the the brand name, but you know, it's actually a pretty prominent brand, and they're like this webinar is starting in seven minutes, and I click on them like this is obviously like a staged interview recorded you know, recorded you know yeah so, um, yeah it's not that then we can wrap wrap right after we're doing our ours live but eventually we're we're right now in the process of recording um my perspective on that is if it's recorded just say it's recorded mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say it's live when it's not live yeah um mine that's the thing is like people would show up to mine and they're like oh my god i can't believe this is live because they're like and they're like is this live and i'm like saying their name you know i'm like yeah it's live um and they were really really surprised so i mean we're gonna still continue from time to time to do live um just be because we're going more global now like the reality is not everybody's going to be able in europe to to attend at certain times and you know kids and family and all that people are going back to to their offices so I don't like, again, I just don't think that you need to fake something. Like, either somebody wants to watch the training and there's a a pain point, something that they really need to solve, or they don't. Like, why? I don't think that that kind of stuff is going to work anymore for the most part, and I'm glad it doesn't. I don't, I I hate when people do that. Just be honest. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. It, it, It shows your integrity as an entrepreneur. Or business, you know, to say, hey, I know that this is manipulation mm-hmm. and I'm willing to take this manipulation to make more money. You know what I'm saying? That's what it really says at the end of the day versus being able to say, hey, I could just say, hey, this is pre-recorded. So check this pre-recording out before you sign up with me. You know, it's this, a small difference that says a lot, I find, Yo, when it comes to yeah. marketing. And you yeah. know, I know in our training 
too is like a lot of these trainings, uh, webinars, the first like 30 minutes is just fluff of them like flaunting stuff, right? Rather than an actual training. Like with ours, I'm like, hey, if you want to check me out, like here's my Instagram, go ahead. Um, here's a bit of background on me, but I'm going to hop into this training. So you guys are going to have two assignments by the end of this. And then we have two gifts for you at the very end to help you. Uh, but you got homework. <laughs> so it's a real, real training. Um, yeah, I just don't think you need to. Like authority, true authority and authority that lasts is built on authenticity. Once somebody's authenticity and integrity is in question, you never respect them again. Mm-hmm. Like is once it? you lose that, it is so fucking hard to get that back. When you find out somebody has been saying something and they're fake, yeah. good luck. Good luck getting trust back when it's lost. And, and you know what hurts the most? It's like when that entrepreneur is a very reputable person. Like they're out here, they've been successful already, and then they revert back to like scammy tactics and etc. And you know, I'm I, I'm gonna say like I don't care. Like you know who I saw this doing? Freaking this, yeah. yeah, you know Damon John, right? Yeah. <laughs> he had like he he put up like a fake conference, like he's showing up in Toronto, and I saw these ads over and over. I was like, wow, like Damon John's gonna come to Toronto. So then I go deeper into Is that a Shark Tank Shark guy? Tank guy, yeah, Damon yeah, John, yeah, like yeah. ball guy, the black, the, the black, the black guy, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? I look at the the marketing material for it. It's like Damon John, and in, in small print, his representatives are going to be doing the the thing for him. So Damon John is like presented. He's here. Like I'm going to be there. Damon John conference, but like Damon John is not there. So that's one instance. And then there was like a collaboration he did with like Grant Cardone for. Um, I don't know. It was like some. Grant Cardone's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, character. like we can go deeper into that. But they were doing like a Christmas kind of course reveal at the end of it and then <laughs> grant cardone asked him like okay so this course is uh 997 dollars grant cardone asks him like so you know and you know how grant cardone is like so intense and all that right he's like so damon right if if if, if, if you know like one guy right now who's listening to this one guy they have their last thousand dollars left would you tell them to spend money on this course? Their last thousand dollars. And Damon John, without even blinking an eye, like just shamelessly just says, yes. And I'm like, man, how are you going to just be that greedy and be all about the money, even though you want to deliver value, but like you're not really caring about the other person's uh, money. Right. It's Christmas. They like, you know, they have a thousand, Grand Cardinal has a thousand dollars left for Christmas to spend for this. this is the only money they have. He's like, yeah, spend money on this course. I just found it so slimy and just, I was like, man, you already have money. You're worth like $200 million plus. Why do you need to do these type of things? Like these fake gurus who are trying to make it by any means necessary by doing the fake webinars and these courses, yeah. et cetera. You know what I'm saying? There's- I just think that's like, that's, that's not, um, although I agree, like I have put my last bit of money towards a course or something that I would learn because I felt like that was really? a better investment than a thing. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I don't regret that. But if somebody was like, if all you had was a thousand dollars, would you put it like, that's not how you entice somebody. It's either that they feel compelled or they don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's either the thing that they want or they don't, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, 
So, I mean, I think education is amazing right now. I'm again, I'm, I'm getting into the YouTube space and I'm learning from a course. You know how I, 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 I manage my ads? I learn from a course. Um, the best stuff I, I ever invested in, honestly, was again, this agency we were supposed to outsource stuff. We ended up, uh, you know, closing out that, that partnership. Um, that was supposed to be like they were going to do something for us. The best investments I've actually ever made were in self-study courses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it? I do think it's a good investment. But if somebody, you know, we, we have people that get on calls and they're like, you know, I, I have, you know, this is my last thousand dollars, but I've got this and this going. It's like, hey, if you want to do it, great. If you want to split this, if something else would be easier for you, if you want to, you know, let us know. We'll see what we can do or we'll call you back or set up a meeting in a month or something, you know, but it's never it's never twisting somebody's arm. It's like, hey, I want to do this. How do I do it? I don't know. Let's figure out how you tell me what's your situation. What do you need? How can I help you? But it's never begging somebody for their money like. Those last few dollars when I did have, you know, barely had them or didn't have them and had to invest in myself or I really had this, but I had this like yearning desire. Like I was like, I know if I learn this, I'm going to fucking kill it. It's going to be awesome. You know, it wasn't like somebody was taking from me. It was me giving to myself. Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. What the hell were you taking? What were you trying to learn? Oh, gosh, I have... I have probably, I mean, again, it depends on your learning style. I probably invested close to 50K in myself within the last couple of years. Um, I think working one-on-one with coaches is kind of overrated. It's not to say that it it can't work. Um, Oftentimes people are like, I don't know if I'll like stick to uh, self-study, you know. I don't know. When you got a fire in you, you will make it, you will make it work. Uh, you will make it happen, and you're going to be hungry for that knowledge. Um, knowledge, knowledge. You're going to be yeah, knowledge. You're going to be you're going to be really hungry for it. You're going to make it happen. You know, you're going to get up. You're going to put it the extra hours in. You're going to stay up late. I mean, that's how you build a business, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, my favorite things were actually self study courses. They were higher ticket courses between like two and eight k. Um, but you're the secret sauce. Like your coach is not really the secret sauce. You're the secret sauce. You gotta, you gotta fucking apply everything that you you're reading and you're learning, or else nothing's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they can trade money for for motivation. You gotta bring the motivation first. Yeah. yeah, you can buy the tools, but you can't buy the sauce. Um, um, yeah, Veronica. Like, what was it though? Sorry. Yeah, what was the? What was it? Yeah. The the most recent course I'm I'm taking is a. Uh, no, the one that you spent your last dollars on. You said that you had like a few left, but you know what? I was like, all right, I'm investing myself no matter what. What was that um, moment? What, would you, what did you invest in? What was it that thing that was so like worth it? I have done this numerous times in my life. I mean, like, which which time? Oh, I wow. mean, I... Uh, some interior design courses when I was um, starting my last... Like my, my renovation business, mm-hmm. uh, understanding color theory, all this kind of stuff. Um, 
again, like a Facebook ads course, YouTube course. I took a, a coaching program. Um, and it's interesting, actually, sometimes what you learn is what is not right for you. And I think that's just as valuable, you know, mm -hmm. that there was a coaching program that I took and I realized it didn't jive with me. It didn't. Um, there were some one-on-one -on -one coaches that I invested in and we did not jive. Um, I Even if you take 10% from that and the rest is what you no doesn't work that you wouldn't have learned that unless you invested that money <laughs> really it would have been it's a expensive but very quick learning experience same with that agency you know i thought this was going to be the thing that was really going to get us you know to fast track no no it wasn't it was realizing that that was not a culture fit for us and that we were not going to operate that way uh, it was a, a quick and fast lesson and I'm grateful for it. I'm really grateful for it. It's not a waste of money. Um, so all these things just, they, they made such a big impact. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I, offline, we got to talk about which, which, not which agency. I don't want to, I don't want to get spilled tea-ish, but like, I, I definitely want to dig in because I'm an agency owner. You know what I'm saying? I, I own a paid media agency, so I definitely want to learn from um, your hot stove that you touched and not make myself the hot stove. But, um, you know, yeah. working towards wrapping up, you know, firstly, I just want to say you've been a great guest and I appreciate all the, you know, transparency you've been able to give us throughout the episode today. Um, as we work towards wrapping up, um, for the entrepreneur that's in their silo, that's lonely, that's grinding day in and day out to make it happen, what words do you have for them? It's not just, uh, it's not the hustle. The biggest difference that, that I found was looking at the data. Um, look at the data, don't be scared. Um, and realize that sometimes it's, it's a couple components that need to be tuned that will make all the difference. Um, be humble, constantly be learning. You know, for me, it's not just these courses, even if it's YouTube videos or, uh, again, I sign up for master classes and webinars all the time. You know, stay hungry, stay learning, stay humble because, uh, you know, pride really does come before the fall. And, you know, as soon as you might think like you got it all together, you know, something can pull the rug from out from under you. So educate yourself, you know, consume as much uh, knowledge as you can. Uh, stay hungry. There are no shortcuts. Learn all components of your business from the ground up as much as possible before you outsource them. Um, so that, that, that's the advice that I would take. There's, there's not a shortcut, but if you do those things, you can have success in a relatively short period of time, but you're going to feel like you lived a decade mm -hmm. in like half a year, you know, you can, you can learn really fast, but it, it'll be like fast and hard, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And, Gosh. and to put a bow on it, right? One thing you mentioned earlier that I found interesting is there's a certain point you said, I feel like I made it, right? What quickly share what making it is to you? You know, as, as much as like a big milestone month felt, and I know that we've got bigger ones ahead um, as to like what we're going to be earning, uh, 
I think the thing I'm the proudest of right now is I always wanted to support my mom. Uh, again, single, single mom growing up, raised us three kids, um, escaped a communist country, was in refugee camps, all this kind of stuff. She had a hard life, and, you know, I, I saw her growing up, and I always just wanted to take care of my mom. Um, and this year was the first year that I, I started paying for, for her housing and for her living costs. That, for me, that's one of the biggest moments for me was taking care of mom. Uh, another big one that is is coming up is we're um, budgeting to give at least 5 and then eventually 10% towards microloans um, to support basically entrepreneurs around the world in developing countries. For me to hit that milestone, um, that's going to be the next big thing. That's that, you know, we're helping, you know, podcasters become entrepreneurs, but to, to also help people in developing countries have a chance and get a leg up. Um, that's something that I know I'll be very proud of. So, uh, so mom first and then, and then, you know, going to continue taking care of others. Amazing. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. All right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the hustle is what you can control. What you can control. So control your life and control your grind. I said that wrong. <laughs> right. I said that wrong. Trying, I was like, trying to get too saucy, bro. I was, <laughs> I was trying to get too saucy with it. I was like, but it was good. It was good. I liked it. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Take, take two. Take two. The hustle is what you can control. So control your grind. And control your life. There you go. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen. I guess I'm Veronica. Bang, bang. (laughs) And that's Hustle Over Everything, y'all. Peace. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247Hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We have some amazing sweaters, hats, mugs, and a lot more. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you next Monday. Peace. So I have a question for you. What's the best email marketing platform for creators? It's ConvertKit. It combines powerful automation with an easy-to-use interface. The heart of their business is their visual automation tool that allows you to deliver the right message to your audience at the right time. They have pre-built landing pages and forms, so creating and sending out copy is extremely easy. I personally use it with my business when I'm doing webinars. And you can use it too. Right now, we have an exclusive offer for you. ConvertKit is giving you a free membership with full access to the landing pages, forms, and email marketing for free up to 1,000 subscribers. They are one of the only platforms that allows you to add your Facebook pixel to it for free. It allows you to create automation and it allows you to get the ball rolling with your business. And of course, it integrates with Shopify, Wix, Squarespace, Gumroad, and a ton of other platforms. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna hit the podcast description and click the link there to get you to this freemium account. It's an amazing service, so make sure you try it out, guys. Let me know how it goes for you. I want to know. All right. 
Let's get into the show. 